Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I'm joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Tarek. $15 million is not money. It's a motive with a universal adapter on it. <laughs> greatest gun movie ever quote. Well, quote from the greatest gun movie ever. Okay, it's funny. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone, and uh, all the things that go with that. Um, oh, yeah. Happy New Beer. What? Yeah. Happy New Beer. The old one's finished. Um, it didn't go down well, but uh, hopefully this is a better beer than the last one. So. Rest in peace, Betty White. Yes. Salute. I would pour one out for it, but I like whiskey so much I won't. I'll drink it. It's happy, happy New Year. Let's um hope. Let's try not fuck twenty twenty two up too badly, people. <laughs> well, there was that fire in Cape Town the other day. So. <laughs> Have you seen the bullshit story about how it's a Chinese or Russian special forces activist who broke in, set the fire, and then went and had a little doo doo on the side of the fucking road? I saw. I, I haven't read the story. Um, I saw a photo of who was alleged to have done it. Um, he's not he's Chinese. Some, <laughs> he's some homeless dude. And like in record, like you can fucking murder a hundred people. They'll never bother looking for you. But they found him, charged him, have pictures. As I say, they're claiming he's either Chinese or Russian trained. I can't remember which one it is. But that he was explosive trained, which is why he set a fire. Um, <laughs> yes. And then he had a little doo-doo outside the uh, scene of the... Yeah. It's special. It, it absolutely is. Moving along from, from how 2022 started, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I caught myself. I was about to say 2021. Um, one of those things where I'm still writing, uh, <laughs> I'm still writing BC on my checks. <laughs> Not seen oh, that. Oh, <laughs> Fucking dude in the stone, stone age going, oh, fuck, I'm still writing BC on my checks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do that oh. years when we switch. Um, yep. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, we're going to have hopefully an interesting discussion tonight. Um, if it's not an interesting discussion, at least the three of us will have fun. You guys will have to listen to the disaster that comes out of that. So, hmm. sorry, not sorry. Not even slightly sorry. What? Not even slightly sorry. I think the only thing we need to mention, I suppose there's two things we need to mention, and we'll start with. Guns at work, um, excellent range. I think they're still having some issues with guys trying to shut down their range. Mm. I will link it again in the show notes. Head over there, <clears throat> do whatever you guys can do to help them. It's an excellent range, awesome people. It would be a, a sad loss if we lost that. It's a great place to go and train. It's a good place to host courses. It's a fantastic place to shoot matches. So let's try. And if you're out. a rifle guy, there's not a lot of, it's the only 200 meter rifle range that's not a sort of serious drive out of town if you're a Joburg person. If you're not in Joburg, well, sorry for you, really. Exactly. So that's the first one. The second one, uh, Magnum United, they have their full training calendar. Well, I'm saying full care. They have a full training calendar up for the for January and I think part of February, maybe a part of March um, on their Facebook page. Go have a look. There's some cool stuff happening there. Um I can't remember what all the courses were that Adrian's hosting. I know there's a handgun fundamentals this weekend. I think, uh, I think there's rifle next week. Uh, don't quote me on any of this stuff, but like there's, there's handgun, shotgun, rifle coming up. He then has some advanced courses on all of those. 
coming up. He has the home defense thing coming up. I think he has his, his uh, close the quarters. The CQC coming up. That's coming up. Uh, I know they have, um, oh, there was like a two-week advanced thing. <clears throat> Hang on, let me find it. Let me find it. Billy, I said I would read it. Let me find it. I have it. Um, and and if you get a chance, uh, wamble over to Magnum's Instagram page and um, go watch some of uh, the awesome videos. Thanks, Billy. You made my evening. <laughs> All right. So 9th of February, which is a little bit late for you guys to register for that one, but there's handgun fundamentals. 15th, there is shotgun. 16th, there is SLR. 22nd. February or January, sorry. Yeah, January. This is all uh, January. Sorry, you said February, hence why I was confused as why it was too late. Oh, sorry. 9th of January, handgun. 15th of January, shotgun fundamentals. 16th of January, SLR fundamentals. 22nd, 23rd of January, CQC two-day. 6th of February, there is an advanced handgun one day. 27th of Feb, there is a, an advanced shotgun. 21st of Feb through the 4th of March, there is a 10-day instructor's course. 6th of March, advanced SLR. 19th of March, guns and vehicles. 20th of March, long guns and vehicles. Uh, 30th of April, 1st of May, there is reflexive shooting today. Uh, 16th to the 27th of May, there is a 10-day tactical course. And then the 22nd and 23rd of May, there is a couple's home defense course. That's the full list. There's a lot of stuff there. It's on their uh, on their Facebook page. I will link that as always. Um, go get registered for the stuff you want to be on. I don't not sure how many slots there are on each of these, but um, I can't speak for all of them. But I know that some of them fill up pretty quickly. So book in advance. And then uh, if you shoot shotgun, uh, 26th of March, I think it is. Uh, White River are hosting their shotgun extra shotgun extreme. I think it's called. The guys do an awesome job. I know Irving's already working on those stages. Um, they do an awesome job with that match. I know it's a little bit of a drive for the guys in Jovigal Pretoria, but uh, you know, make a bit of a trip out of it. What I would suggest, based on Corn's experience, is sleepover on Friday night, um, <laughs> or Saturday night, whatever the night before sleepover. Um, really nice match. Will be good fun. Um, so come through and play. Uh, I can't think of any other events. So one more thing, sort of same thing on the White River thing. Um, definitely don't drive through on the Saturday morning when you shoot the match and the match starts at nine and you leave Joburg at five because that's curfew time when curfew lifted then. Hmm. Um, and then you show up at the match that starts at nine, sort of quarter past nine. Um, and luckily your friend who arrived early went, we can't start the match because Gordon isn't here yet. So <laughs> thank you, T-Bag. <clears throat> I was there earlier than some. Yes, but you fucking slept over. <laughs> Fuck off. And I had a driver, but that's besides the point. You probably arrived. Like I arrived at quarter past nine. You probably just showed up at like 12 minutes past. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we were, we remember we were staying at Mitch, so we were there quite early. Uh, and I had a driver. Um, and then totally off topic. Uh, I, uh, mistakes were made this week. I didn't buy anything, but. What did you sell? I, no, no, no. I'm selling a couple of things, but this is probably not the best classified. So if you're looking for a cult lightweight commander. Um, <laughs> no, I went to Normark to go collect some stuff yesterday. And while I was there, I made the mistake of looking at a Sarko S20 Hunter. Okay, you keep talking while I pull up. It is. Something so I can know what the fuck you're talking about. It's a bolt gun. Um, oh, no, I, I knew that. It's got this ridiculous little 
30 degree, I think it's like a 30 degree bolt. And it's like, it just, it's so precise. It's, it's just wonderful. It made me very, very excited. Now I need to buy another anti graphic. So my, my question on this is, um, did you handle the one with the uh, thumb hole stock or did you handle the one with the sort of pistol grip thing happening or was it like a conventional? I handled both. So you can change the stocks in them. I got, got the whole sales spiel. It's fucking cool. You can like you can put like the precision four end and the hunter stock or whatever combo. Handle both. I like the hunter, the one with the little thumb rest you one. Yep. Um, I played with one in 6.5 PRC, which made me very excited in my pants. I, I don't know what I would do with one because it's, but it was cool. Very cool rifle. So rifle, P, and I'm not getting paid to say this. I just, I'm all excited because I want one now. Um, go have a look at one. You And it's a well-priced Sarko. Um, to me, and I think it's going to retail at 40k, but as Sarkos go, it's a freaking well priced rifle, it is magnificent. So, if you want to shoot Bambi, if you want to shoot steel plates, if you just want to have a cool rifle, go have a look at that because I was very excited. And uh, help me choose a caliber, they're takedowns too, yeah, That's they're not switch barrel, but the bolt, I reckon you could run that pretty cl- close to as fast as a straight pull. Um, they're just magnificent. They really, they just, it's a really nice rifle. I'm trying to find the caliber list. Uh, 243, uh, 308, uh, 6.5 vegan, which is on my list, uh, 6.5 PRC, which is fucking cool and on my list, 306, which is cool, uh, 300 Win Mag, 7 or Rim Mag. I think that's it. Yeah, so 243, 270, 306, 300 Win Mag, 308, 65 Creed, 65 PRC, and 7 Rim Mag. Um, I think what you should do, T, is... Uh, no, I'm not buying 308, Charles. I wasn't going to say 308. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. I was going to say you should buy the uh, 65PRC. Cool. You deserve one. You don't have one. You deserve one. You should... Cool. Max is trying to convince me that I should buy the 65PRC. Because fast. So, listeners of Welcome to the Gun Show, help me pick a caliber. And if you want to make donations, my account is Nedbank. <laughs> 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 I, I will say one thing because I've been watching quite a lot of their stuff lately because I'm playing with a thing that I'm hoping to go and uh, and purchase next week. We will not mention what it is because I need to get there before anyone else gets there. <laughs> but I've been... Oh, is that, is that the beep? It absolutely is the beep. <laughs> so I've been watching some, some, some videos on specific calibers and things. And uh, turns out the Vortex podcast on youtube is it's awesome cool and if you go watch their uh caliber talk series i think it's mm. called like oh, i love that show the dudes get like seriously geeky about certain calibers where they came from why they're a good idea what's wrong with them what's great about them what they're possible to be mm. you know, what guns are possible to be chambered in them the specific loadings of what they use for specific things and the standard loads and like barrel lengths that you should be considering it's fucking cool um, the only reason I've never pointed it out to you is because it's it's got lots of hunting stuff, so I didn't think you'd be interested. It's a fantastic podcast. So on the hunting stuff, they have some, I saw they have some shows that are hunting specific, and I just avoid those um, because there's nothing of value to me in that. On the caliber debates and things that they do, um, I don't mind hearing about the effectiveness of the calibers and things. I think it's a, it's a good thing to understand um, because – if it is effective on certain mammals, it'll definitely be effective on other mammals, right? So 
that's the info that I need and the info that I'm interested in. But they're, they're not just doing the caliber stuff. They're obviously doing all sorts of other stuff that I haven't watched yet, but I've watched some of their optics stuff. And obviously it's an optics company, so they cover their products in quite a bit of detail, but they're not being dicks about it. They're covering other people's. They're covering the technologies that match. They're not necessarily covering other people's products, but they're they're straight about what each technology offers and it's very cool. Watch one today where they were talking about uh, suppressors. Mm. Uh, very cool. Like they got all sorts of nerdy on that. Very, very cool. Um, what, what I really like about it is, is is a couple of things. One, when they talk optics, it's, it's not an advert because I think a concern for a lot of guys is it's going to be a Vortex advert and it's not. They they will they'll they'll reference Vortex products, but they and, and they're obviously not going to record you know discuss um, Leopold or Swarovski scopes with you. Um, but most of the stuff is is gen, generic enough that it's useful. So if you you're looking at advice for a scope to buy for X purpose, um, while you may not buy the Vortex, the info they discuss on on magnification and focal planes and all that cool shit will be valuable. Um, what I also like, uh, and, and you'll see if you listen to a couple of the scope shows, they often are not recommending that you buy a Razor 2 or a Razor 3. Um, so, you know, the perception is that they're going to tell you to buy the most expensive Vortex. And quite often they've said to guys, or, or, or when they've discussed it, they said for, for this purpose, you know, like the Wisconsin deer hunter, which is kind of the equivalent yeah. of, of the South African bushveld hunter, you don't need this magnet you know this serious list of features and and all of this shit um and and you, you're basically wasting money um which i thought was quite cool i i've watched two scope episodes one where they were talking about sort of more long-range stuff hmm. with hunting and, and sort of prs use and military and police use and etc that goes with that but also another one where they covered specifically ar optics um and when I say specifically AR optics, they start the whole thing off with, um, so it depends on which AR you bought, which caliber it's in, what the barrel length is and what you intend to use it with. And based on that, you're going to define what you think an AR optic is. For some dudes, it's going to be iron sights. For other dudes, it's going to be a red dot. For some fucking dude that's bolt this awesome gun for, for PRS, um, gas gun, he's going to have a scope on there that's like seven times the price of his rifle because it makes sense for him. It doesn't make sense for you. So... Whatever works on the gun and is for your purposes, what you need. But then they were talking about what they would recommend for certain mm. scenarios because they they spoken scenarios for some of it, not all of it. And one of the dudes was like, I don't know what their little sort of slide mounted optic is. Um, the, there's the there's the venom. Might be a venom. There's, yeah, there's the venom. It's, there's a razor. There's, there's yeah. It's it's one of those. It's probably not the most durable thing in the world in terms of impact resistance and stuff, right? They're they're not. I don't want to say they're fragile, but they're not. It's not an RMR, right? Um, and they literally went, if this is your duty rifle, you need something that can sustain impact and stuff and will live. If you're shooting a PCC match on the weekend, and the extent of the hard use that the gun sees is when you remove it from the padded bag. Um, you just need a floating dot. It doesn't matter how durable it is, right? So buy the thing that serves the purpose, doesn't break the bank, and isn't, um, I don't want to say overcompensated, but isn't uh, over the top for your realistic use of that that rifle. I found that to be fucking cool. And That's they really cover cool. things like, um, they don't do holographic sights. 
I'm not mm. aware of it. Is the mm, Huey one? No, I don't I think, think the Huey is. is holographic, or is it? No, I think the Huey might be holographic. Yeah, it might be. I I didn't think that they did, but because they didn't have one on the table and they didn't mm. talk about that specifically, but they were like. It's essentially the same thing as a red dot in terms of usage. It has some advantages. They briefly mentioned the advantages and then they moved on. Like we just bundled these into sort of one by optics and uh, they work the same from the user's perspective. So yeah, I think no, they As I said, it's a really good show. They did one recently on um, uh, 3006 that uh, got me so excited. It's even a contender for my S20 idea. I, I haven't watched that one yet. I did watch the one on uh, 300PRC. Yes, that's a fucking beast. That's a pretty cool cartridge. Um, quite enjoyed that. Yeah, that is a that is a nasty, nasty thing. So exciting. So stuff. I was looking at that uh, that that uh, Masizet uh, 600 trail again mm. earlier today. That's cool, huh? If they released that thing, I mean, the, the 223 is pretty fucking appealing. But if they released that thing in, obviously, an AR mag compatible round with a little mm. bit more oof, like 224 Valkyrie. That what about the 762 by 39? No, fucking weird mags. It's it's CZ brand mags. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, you'll have to have like different fucking pouches on your like plate carrier for your bolt gun. <laughs> for your bolt gun, yes, yes. Because when when you're bugging out and now you need a way to scavenge food in the urban... 224 Valkyrie is exactly what you need. Because <laughs> ample supply of ever, right? No, I think that would be pretty fucking cool. 16-inch um, gun folds up to be... Small. Pretty fucking small. Um, and if I remember correctly, it's a one in seven or one in nine barrels. So you can use heavier bullets. Use heavier bullets. It is. Uh, be a fun very, very cool. Um, I don't know what they're going to retail at. They're probably going to be not yeah. cheap. When I spoke to the guys, they still didn't know, so I'm not sure. When you buy one, I'm going to donate you 60 rounds because I want to watch you stand and run through an entire D60 with a bolt gun. <laughs> <laughs> No jokes. I was looking at that and I was like, I mean, it doesn't have the slick sort of advantages of one of those cheater manual ARs mm. or, or a straight pull for shooting um, a manual action rifle match with it. But, <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty fucking cool. It's a light rifle. Um if, if if you were looking for a how do, how do I word this in a subtle enough way that um, if you were looking for a in South African terms a non restricted hard use rifle yes. um, it's probably going to be hard to beat um, you know most of the pump guns and lever guns and that are not quite as reliable as guys often think um, and with a bit of practice a bolt gun can be run fast. Um, it's a cool little gun. I, I may well end up with one, but I need to stop buying guns. Except for the, obviously, the S20. QN. QN. Fuck a brother up. Cool stuff. Shall we uh, introduce the topic for tonight? Yes, what's yes. the topic for tonight? Um, the topic is... Uh... <laughs> He's forgotten. Um, 
I have actually. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to work out. I know what it is. I'm trying to work out how to. I, I had a title for it earlier. Um, maintaining your career. Cool. How's that sign bite as well? That 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 was a pretty good one. We could probably use that as the bumper from now on. Did I sound I mean, like a steer fan? I'm not going to take the time to fucking cut that out. You you did, but you're a little bit small. Maintaining <laughs> your career. It's deep enough. It's just it doesn't have that quite that gunston plane rumble. To it. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> Cool stuff. So we're going to talk about maintaining your carry gear. We've covered some of the stuff in the past specifically relating to guns, but we're going to get into some other things that uh, are sometimes overlooked. Um, so backpacks. Let's talk about backpacks. <laughs> what would you would you put a beep in a backpack? I would put a peep in a backpack, but since we're talking about carry gear, we really should discuss backpacks. For your beep. That's carry gear, is it not? <laughs> I'm, I may have misunderstood the show title. <laughs> Excuse me while I rewrite the notes. Uh, cool stuff. So, T, hmm. tell us about maintaining your carry gear. So, it, it's probably the less sexy side of, of UDC, um, but I think it's it's something that, that often gets uh, forgotten and, and some guys are anal by cleaning their guns, which I think is quite possibly the least important of, of any of the stuff we're going to discuss today. Um, but it, it's very often the, the first thing guys think of. So we'll, 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 we'll start with the gun because that's the cool guy stuff. Um, we and save the gun to later so they have to listen to more of the show. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's actually do that. Sorry for you. Uh, okay. um, so, you know, it, it's things like a lot of holsters um, have screws on them. Uh, and and what people often forget is that if you're walking around, moving around, um, those screws come loose um, and they can fall out. And, and what can happen is you can be carrying a gun that all of a sudden is detached from where the holster is detached from the carry system. Um, you know, so step one is on, on your holsters or, or, or your carry system, um, I refuse to say platform, um, unless we're talking about the Enigma platform. Um, or, the, or the AR platform. Okay. I hate that. I know. Or the AK platform. Um, if there are screws in your holster, check that they're tight. And often it'll have screws so that you can adjust stuff around, which makes sense. Once you've found the setup that works for you, Lock tight everything in place um, and maybe stick a little witness mark on there. That there's a good chance that's going to get worn off. Um, so I wouldn't rely on that too much. But a little bit of blue Loctite um, or the equivalent product because we're not getting paid by Loctite. Um, but, you know, a little bit of blue Loctite or something. And every so often, just once a week, once every couple of weeks, make sure the screws in your holster are, are tight. Uh, it's a ball like getting replacement parts, um, you know, and, and often guys have got that one holster that they bought that's really cool and now like a bit falls off and and, and now it doesn't work. Um, it's not so not, funny, but is the gun. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and, and while we discuss, and, and that applies to 
Um, if you've got an Enigma, it's got screws. Keep an eye on it. Um, you know, it's if, if you're carrying in a shoulder holster, uh, welcome to 1993, pal. Um, but... Uh, you know, check the screws on there on your on your spare mags or, or whatever other gear you're carrying. Make make sure that that, that everything's sort of tight. Um, check your holster for damage. This is actually this came up twice in two separate conversations um, this week, uh, and and it's it's one of those weird perceptions. I really like good Kydex, um, but Kydex is not a not the only material that you can make quality holsters out of, and b it's this is going to shock some of you, not the most durable material you'll ever make a holster out of. Um, a good leather holster will outlast a good Kydex holster. Um, a shitty leather holster will not. Um, and a lot of people seem to think that uh, all leather is shitty leather. Um, but that's something to be to be really, really conscious of. So check your holster for damage. Um, I've broken a number, I mean, I break everything, but I've broken a number of holsters over the years. Uh, so check your holster for cracks. Check your holster that it's still got proper retention um, because I've seen holsters crack in weird places. And what you don't want is that that crack gets worse um, during the day or, or, you know, so you, you need to be able to to sort of replace it in a timeliest manner. Um and, and that can be expensive. You know, if you've got a really, you know, like a good holster is expensive. Uh, I think all of us carry in Fulster um, Pros almost all the time. Well, not Corny carries in a JM. Um, but you've got a Fulster Pro. Uh, any of those holsters are expensive holsters. Um, but so, so, so having a spare just in case is, is expensive, but you need to be prepared for it's going to break at some stage. Um, a good holster is going to take longer to break than, um, you know, a shitty holster. Uh, but Kydex is, it, it's not an obtainium. Um, <laughs> it's it's thermo-moldable plastic, basically. So I have, don't take any of this out of context, I have yet to break a Kydex holster. I know they break. I know they crack. I have yet to break one, and I'm sure I will break one at some point. I've broken clips off a number of them. Um, so you need to check those too, especially if you're using plastic clips. Um, it's kind of shitty when you go to draw the gun and what you end up with is gun and holster attached to each other, but no longer in your pants. Um, I've had that happen to me. I've seen that happen to other guys. Um, and it's pretty common with some of the clips that are um, more popular in South Africa. Um, they're plastic. They end up getting, I think they get work on gas with extended use and then they end up just fucking getting brittle and breaking. Um, some of them are just also shitty attachments. And if you have sufficient play in the holes that have been drilled through the, effectively the, the mounting system, that that thing has always got a little bit of movement and then gets a sharp jolt when it eventually locks up when you draw, you're eventually going to rip that thing off. So you need to check that stuff. Um, I guess the same thing is true if you're, and I've, I've never seen these fail, but I'm sure they will. Um, if you're using loops, uh, so the sort of pull the dot loops, you probably need to keep an eye on those. Um, I've never seen a set break, but seen a worn out set. Yeah, I, I've seen worn out the actual uh, hardware to to pull the, pull the dot. I've not seen the straps yes. break. No, um, but conceivably, if if they fucked up the crimp or something when they added those that pieces of hardware, you could eventually pull through that. So keep an eye on that stuff. Um, on the retention screws, obviously, don't make those tight. Okay, make those whatever they need to be to have sufficient retention in your gun. 
Um, but then definitely Loctite them because one of two things can happen. That screw can walk itself out and you end up with zero tension. You've got a gun that's effectively sort of rattling around in a holster and is not secure. Um, the opposite can also happen. You can end up, I mean, this won't happen significantly, but you can end up with it getting a little bit tighter over time depending on how you're, that thing's set up because the screw might be sort of in between sort of loose and tight in the ideal setting. And I know that on some of my holsters, if that screw is just a ball hair too tight, uh, it can sometimes lock the gun up to the point where you would really need to fucking yank on to get it out. So yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that and done that. Uh, you tighten it up and, and you over the tighten it because Mongo, um, and then all of a sudden getting the gun out of there is a, is a challenge. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a feat that requires a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, or even more Mongo. And quick hint, when you're testing these things, do so with an unloaded firearm. Don't jam your loaded carry gun in the in a new holster. Um, when you try the new holster, unload the gun and put it in there because there may be an issue where it's molded too tight or something, and now you're trying to rip this gun from its new little wound um, while it's loaded, which is bad. So when you try I, the new holster, try it empty. I don't really like shoving guns, loaded guns in new holsters, not only because it might be a, a struggle to get them out, um, but if let's for a moment postulate that you use a holster that is not great in its, in its manufacturing, um, if you fuck up the, the molding sufficiently in the trigger guard area, um, you could conceivably set firearms off in the act of holstering. Um, you would need to make a pretty significant fuck up in the molding process to do that. But uh, I don't trust anyone that much. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is you've got to keep in mind is that the holster manufacturers are making something for an incredible variation in people's abilities to gunsmith. Yes. Uh, so there's those variables as well. Maybe your holster is completely safe and within spec. Um, but someone who did a lot of gunsmithing at home did so negligent, negligently. And now when he stuffs his gun in the holster, it pops. I am going to get a shirt made that says Gunsmith. <laughs> Gunsmith. Nedge Lilland Gunsmith. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is absolutely true. Um, I've, I've seen some guns with uh, some, some questionable trigger systems in them. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, How do you say Zev in Afrikaans? Zev. Zev slung. You replace a V with two Fs. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I've, seen, I've seen a few that probably had four Fs. They were <laughs> Zeth. So. Yeah, so so definitely be careful with that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not sure what else we need to. Oh, um, sort of slightly related to carry gear. Oh, well, to to holsters. If you're changing your EDC belt, um, or you're changing your general pants that you're you, you're used to wearing all the time with loops in specific places. Um, this, what feels like the same belt tension could apply more tension to the holster body and make it more difficult to draw. So if you're changing your belt or you're changing your pants that it has now, you know, it has four times as many loops as your previous set of belts, that thing's going to conform more tightly and it's going to put more pressure on the holster. Uh, make sure that you can still get the gun in and out safely. So unload it before you do this stuff. Um, for the record, I don't know about corn, but, um, I know I change my pants pretty regularly. <laughs> I, I I seldom change my pants. 
<laughs> That's how tactical corn is. <laughs> I watched a grand thumb video where he was talking about uh, what the fuck was it? The mountain recce, <laughs> and you need to blend into your environment, not just visually, but in terms of smell. <laughs> so, Dude, I've been to your environment. That that smell doesn't blend in. <laughs> what? You can mask it with whiskey. <laughs> no, that's the playbook. If no. I, do, I can't smell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think holsters, uh, I think that makes sense. Um, pocket knives, make sure the screws are tight. Uh, um also check. I've 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 bent a fair amount of clips on knives, including some very nice ones that weren't super cheap. Uh, but uh, so keep an eye on that because then you start losing. I've I've lost some quite expensive knives where they've fallen out of a pocket. Um, so keep an eye on the on on the on the clip on your pocket knife. Um, make sure it's uh, it's it's secure um, that the screws aren't coming loose that it's not bent. Um, make sure that the thing is sharp um, because blunt knives are dangerous to you uh, and they're just silly. Um, and also, like a lot of them would be well served by a drop or two of, of oil um, on, on the mechanism and, and, and on the blade. So remember that stainless is not stain never, it's stain less. Uh, so, uh, and, and some people are, are a lot more acidic than others. Um, I'm not particularly acidic because it all comes out of my mouth. Um, but Gaz rusts things by like being in the same state as them. Yes, he really does. <laughs> That's why she's clocks. Well, that problem, I recommend that everyone buy zero tolerance knives, specifically the Henderson, uh, the, the Hendra designs, because the clips are nearly impossible to get off. I found my zero tolerance the other day. I must just find a way to sharpen it because it's currently a spoon. <laughs> Well, I mean, most of my knives have died not because the blades died, but because the clips broke. Mm. And then trying to get a replacement clip is just not possible. I'll also yeah. try English sometime during the episode. <laughs> That'll be fine. nice. I'll get it. I'm sure. Mm. Um, yeah, no, the yeah. impossible gunschmurf. I wonder who's been drinking. Not corn. It's not I. Must be the coffee. Yeah, Gaz has been uh, having in, coffee tonight. Yeah, uh, how much brandy is in that coffee, Gaz? Oh no, you don't put brandy in coffee. You don't even uh, mix brandy with coke. Rum? Well, yeah, maybe that will work. So Cheap whiskey? I'll have to try that. Don't do that. What? I mean, what else are you going to do with cheap whiskey? Don't buy cheap whiskey. I, I once accidentally bought some cheap whiskey because you said it was good and it was shit. What whiskey was that? That local one. Um, it's no, 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 no. If you're trying to say that I fucking told you to buy Boerplas bullshit. No, not Boerplas, the other <laughs> one. <laughs> the other big one. Uh, I'm going to get shivved <laughs> from like 30 k's away. Uh, three no, ships. three ships. Is it three ships? Yeah. It was like, oh, this uh, it was, sorry. Maybe some of these are very nice. We eventually use it to make eggnog. Let um, me tell you about Boerplas. That <laughs> Couldn't even no, make no we can't afford the legal. Whiplash is fine, and I'm sure lots of people like it, and it won awards. <laughs> Welcome to the gun show. I recommends um, other whiskies. Yes, strongly. <laughs> but there's but, nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't go that far. 
Uh, for the record, um, Garrett and Tarek have said that there's nothing wrong with it. You have the right to review, (laughs) and I am using my right to review right now. But moving along from that topic before I get on my fucking soapbox about that. I mean, it is fun. It is fun to get him wound up. What what whiskey was that again, Corn? What was that award-winning whiskey you didn't enjoy? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving along. Before everyone unsubscribes because I fucking hate a particular whiskey. Um, while we're on knives, um, if you carry flix, uh, fixed blade knives, I Word did a as there for a moment. Um, fuck off, Derek. Word Hang on, I'm just going to mute him. <laughs> <laughs> um, fixed blade knives, um, if you carry them in any way that they can potentially leave the thing that you're carrying them in. Um, I'm thinking of specifically of knives that have like a downward draw. Um Make sure that they are secured in whatever the fuck you're carrying them in. Because I've had a knife fall on my foot. It landed in a way that it was not not dangerous, but it didn't hurt me. But uh, I was walking through a shopping center and like I hear this clink, clink, clink. What the fuck? Oh, it's my knife that's now on my foot and now on the floor. (laughs) So make sure that that stuff is secure um, because it could hurt you quite badly. Many, 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 many years ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Um, I used to work in a, a more corporate environment. That mm. is a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Um, and uh, I would wear a neck knife. I'm, I'm better now, but at the time it seemed like a good idea. And I will never forget one day having a discussion with the, um, I think it was the regional manager. Uh, and I was a, a, a lowly sales peon uh, so you know it was like one of those rare occasions where you had to deal with them and said neck knife came loose within my tucked in shirt so i was trying to have a discussion with this gentleman with a large fixed blade pretty sharp knife <laughs> floating around inside my shirt which i couldn't just pull out and, and put away so a I think that was the last time I ever wore a neck knife. Um, but B, yeah, just to support Corn's uh, point, make make sure it's 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 a secure sheath. And I'm talking like as, um, and make sure it's in said sheath securely. Try and say that three times fast. Then once you've made sure that all those things happen, obviously the same precautions that you need to take when attaching your holster for your firearm to your belt or whatever else you're tying that thing to. Do the same thing. Make sure it's secure. If you use something like, uh, I mean, I've had some knives that attach with uh, just paracord and one of those like sliding, whatever they're called, carabiners or that's not technically carabiners, but whatever you call the thing that you use on these things. Um, they can work really well, uh, but you have to set them up the right way. Otherwise, they don't fucking work at all. So be, be sure that if you're doing that kind of stuff, you know you know how that works. Don't do what I do and do it wrong. <laughs> Which is why these lie here and isn't in use anywhere. Because yeah. I would hurt myself. Um, anything else? Oh, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to chat about. If uh, you carry a torch or a flashlight for our American friends, um, preferably an aluminium one, um, you should be carrying a light. If you are carrying a light, don't replace the batteries when it dies. Uh, that seems to be a very common one that people just 
keep going and keep going. And then at some stage, the batteries die and they go, oh, shit, I better get new batteries for this. Um, you know, if whatever batteries it's running on, you need to sort of replace those proactively. Um, a concept that I stole from, um, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly. It's Mickey Shook. Shook. Mickey Carrie from Trainer. Carrie Trainer. Um, he keeps like a brand new battery. And what he'll do is he'll pop that in his light and shine it and then compare it to the battery in it. And if there's any visible difference, then he'll replace the battery. And I thought that was actually quite a cool concept. Um, so yes, I know CR123 is a hundred bucks a pop. Um, but if you know if, if it's your floating around finding your keys under your seat light, it's not the end of the world. If it is a, a defensive light, so if you're carrying a WML or you have a web-mounted light or you have defensive lights, put fish batteries in them on the rig. Yep, I concur. Um, something to remember with uh, sort of the newer lithium-based batteries. Yeah, I'm saying newer. We know they've been around for a long time, but they don't have the same gradual drain that you have on other battery technologies. Other battery technologies will usually still put thing, turn things on they will just be really dim. These will get a little bit dimmer, a little bit dimmer, a little bit dimmer, and, and then they won't turn on at all because it's below the, the, the minimum threshold voltage for these things to work. So if you're using these styles of batteries, it might look fine, but it will be, it turns on now and three seconds later, the light is dead. It doesn't gradually, it does deteriorate a little bit in, in brightness, but it doesn't deteriorate as much as you're used to with sort of older technologies. So I don't have the same experience with them, but I believe um, rechargeables do a very similar thing. Yeah, a lot of the rechargeables from... are lithium or, or uh, lipos or uh, lipos or whatever the fuck. It's two different technologies there, but exactly the same thing they do. They drop below that, I think, 3.7 volts or whatever they have to put out and like they just stop working. All the brightness, <clears> then none of the brightness. Then none of the brightness. And it happens at inopportune times. So be sure to replace those. Um, I like carrying a second light. Um, and I'm going to preface that before everyone tries to carry a second gigantic fucking torch. Um, I've got a little... Um, yeah, I've sure heard that. Yes. I've got a little surefire. Uh, I don't know. What are they? They're little like... The sidekick, I think it is. The sidekick, little, yeah. No, no, not, not the sidekick. So I've got a little single uh, triple A... Um, Titan. Yeah. yeah, I have, I have one somewhere. Of, I have one of those on my keys. Um, the battery lasts forever. Um, and I just use that as a task light when I have my car keys with me. If I don't, I use my cell phone. Um, and not my I'm gonna call it my fighting torch. That's not really what I call it, but this is the thing that I want to have working if something bad happens and I need a light. So this thing doesn't get used uh, unless I feel I have to use it. Um, I use, like I said, my cell phone or that, that little task light that I have. If you're running a, a weapon mounted light, make sure that you're keeping the lens clear of carbon and that. Um, you get a fair amount from, from shooting. So uh, I know one, one of the tricks guys use is to put a bit of um, lip ice or something on it before they shoot. Uh, otherwise, um, slip or a lot of most gun oils will actually do a good job of getting the, the carbon there cleaned off. But get it cleaned off and don't use anything abrasive um, on it. So you should use toothpaste when you clean it? Yes. Okay. Toothpaste? What you do is you put toothpaste on some fine water paper 
not yes. sandpaper, water paper. Yes. And then you can you can get a lovely like frosted look. So everyone will look like they're looking at them through a toilet door or through the toilet window. <laughs> and then you use your, your knife to, to push that mm. water paper into the corners, right? Because mm. you have to get everywhere. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what what I have... Other, the other sorry. trick I've seen with weapon-mounted lights is guys using masking tape or something like that. If you're going to go with that, make sure that it sticks properly because you don't want that to get stuck in your holster or yeah. do something funny when you're practicing. And or forget to take it off when you leave the range. <laughs> there, there are um, obviously probably not widely available here. There are some like uh, plastic stick-on protectors that you can get that fit nicely, and um, those are really cool if you can find them. I don't think they last significantly long, but they're obviously highly convenient. Um, probably a lot more expensive than the alternatives that have been mentioned. Uh, so, I. If I shoot by weapon mounted lights, I just stick a little bit of Vaseline on the front. Uh, you can't see it. It makes no visible difference to the to the light output when you're practicing. And then it just gets wiped off. <clears throat> that works both. Uh, replace batteries in those as well. If they've got screws, make sure they're tight. Yeah. Especially on the mountain side. Mm. Yes. <laughs> in one or two uh, night shoots where you get that bang and you see the torch flicker. Yeah. The old, uh, the original TLR ones were quite famous for that. I think guys have gotten a bit better, but they like they had a, a screw-on system, and guys wouldn't screw it on tightly enough, and you'd get bang, 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 bang. Uh, it's a very cool technique to like throw the light so that the bad guy now chases the light, and then you can um, oh, so use reasonable force to shoot him in the face. It's training, right? It's yes. it's, it's uh, it, it was intended. Mm. Yeah, I wanted Back in to. The day. That's how we did it. This uh, is also another silly thing is a lot of the torches that we're sort of going to be carrying across the across the board and across brands is a lot of them are going to have some sort of waterproof rating, which is typically mm -hmm. going to be some sort of O-ring or, or seal to prevent water getting in. Make sure that you maintain that and try and keep the internals of the light clean because that's going to make it work better, going to make it last longer. Uh, I've noticed with my torches, if I ignore it for a little while and then you all of a sudden going to change the batteries or something and you're like, oh, that got dirty quickly or you nick the seal or something like that. You don't want to get water in there and not know about it or sweat, uh, which can happen. And now all of a sudden you've corroded or corrupted the, the internals there. So keep that in mind as well. One more thing on that, not really a problem with, uh, with sort of the lithium batteries we were talking about earlier, but if you're using sort of older nickel metal hydride and, and whatever the other ones were, um, they can leak. So if you leave those in a light or something else for long enough that they leak, they will corrode the contacts and some things are not irrecoverable, but like you would have to do some significant soldering and shit and replacing stuff to get them to work again. So not worth it. Um, I have an old, I think it's a three cell mag light somewhere. But one day I need to send you know, those old ones that were gigantic and had slightly less light than my cell phone light. Yeah, it's it's um, a it's a, makes the D cell. It's yeah. a club. It's it's literally a club. Um with a birthday that, candle. But it has yes, it has a light so when you drop it at night you can find it. <laughs> I think they had, I don't know, maybe fifty face melting lumens. Uh, and that in the day was the shitness. Um but yeah. To keep an eye on that. Uh, silly little things. Um, keep your cell phone charged. Uh, try and drive, you know, 
have a, it, it sounds silly, but it, it is a genuine EDC thing. Um, try and keep a power bank handy. Make sure that's got power in it. A drained power bank is useless. Um, if you are in an emergency, your cell phone is probably going to get used a lot. And jokes aside, modern smartphones don't have battery life like 3310s. So uh, try and keep it charged and keep a way handy to, um, to maintain that charge. Absolutely. Um, I want to say something on the cell phone thing, but now I've forgotten. So we'll, we'll come back to that when it, when it comes back to me, if it comes if, back to me. If you're on a pay-as-you-go, make sure you have airtime. That sounds stupid, but no, no, no I, I, pulling out I your cell know phone. people who have been in trouble and don't have. So it, I'm, I'm laughing more because it's true and less because it's funny. You're laughing at them, not with them, is what you say. Yeah, it's it's that Sheldon thing. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, shall we get on to to the thing that everyone wants to discuss? What the blaster? Yes. Have we covered everything that we need to cover that isn't the blaster? Uh, Make sure you have condoms that have not been stapled through. Yes. Um. Once they're stapled, they're no good, I'm told. So <laughs> they might be good for one use, but that's it. Uh <laughs> valuable EDC tip right there. Um I don't know what else we need to discuss on these things. So I guess let's talk about the blaster. So as I say, a lot of people when when they hear about sort of maintenance of their carry gear, the first thing they think about is, well, I, I clean my gun on the regular. I, I don't. You probably should. Um, but I don't. Uh, what you should do, though, is make sure that your guns are protected. Um, and I don't care what gun it is. I don't care. Even, shock horror, if it's a Glock, it's going to work better with some wetness on it. Um, corn. This one has no wetness. Corn is pointing asserted himself. Because um, safety. Yeah. <laughs> so I would I I would make sure that your carry gun is lubed. Um, it doesn't need to be swimming in oil, e even if it's something that's quite lube intensive. So a 1911, a, a 75, a 92, guns that like to be lubed, they don't need to be swimming in it, but they do need to be lubricated. Um, obviously, we suggest that you use DV safety. DVC technologies lube. Um, I really like grease in a carry gun because it, it kind of stays in place. Um, but you you need the gun to be lubed. Um, I would check, and some of this is going to sound silly, but if you've got grip screws, make sure that your grip screws are tight, um, they do come loose. Uh, and on, on some guns, they hold important bits in place, uh, especially on a P7, um, but on the classic series six and that as well. Um, when you take those grips off, it's it's quite exciting to see what's underneath there. Yeah, there's some shit under there that should yeah. not move. So, you know, make sure those are tight. Make sure that your sights are where they should be. Um, it's a really good idea to put some some paint witness marks on your sights. Uh, I've seen a, a fair amount of iron sights get bumped and move. Uh, and now all of a sudden you don't know because your sights wanging all over the, all the way to the left, all the way to the right or whatever. So... Um, yeah, make sure that you 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 replace your or you you check that the sights are, are there. If you've got night sights, it's not a bad idea to make sure that there's no gunk on them or even on normal sights. You know, they get they get fluff and shit that's that's gonna uh, interfere if you need to use them. 
Um, on a dot gun, what I would suggest is make sure that your dot is there. Uh, make sure that it, it appears to have not moved. That's one of the times where um, backup iron sites are their most useful. I think we discussed this in a recent show. Uh, you, you can see if the dot has moved in relation to them. So we're not slaving the dot to the backup iron sites, but if, they, if it normally sits just above them and now it's sitting half a lens over to the left, there's probably a problem. Um, so, you know, check that that's there, check that it's visible. Um, clean out your lenses, especially on open emitter sites. So most guys with red dots are carrying some sort of open emitter site. They get fluff and spooge and, and shit in them. So uh, clean them out. Um, what I would suggest, what works really well for that is a combination of canned air um, and a lens pen. Um, and even on the shield sites, I've, I've had really good results with a lens pen. Um, especially with the polycarbonate shields, you don't want to be just wipe that with your shirt. Um, because you will you will scuff it up, um, but on any of them, it's not a great idea. Rather, rather use pull out the wet lens pen and just give it a wipe. Make sure that you can you can see through that it's clear. Um, and remember, those are battery powered as well. And I know the manufacturers advertise massive um, you know battery lives on on. If I've got a, a light with a, a site with a five year battery life or an advertised five year or three year battery life, I'm going to put a fresh battery in there every year. Uh, and if you're running it particularly bright for whatever reason, I might even replace it more often than that. Um, so good quality batteries. Uh, I've had really good results with the Vata batteries lately. Um, they seem to be well-made batteries. And, and, and in the Acro, they seem to last a little bit longer as well. Um, let's see what happens with Acro C2. I'm quite excited to see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, open emitter sites. Make sure that you're not building up too much gunk in them. Uh, make sure that they're getting cleaned out. Uh, I would check the, check your, and we discussed it in the red dot, dot show, check your witness marks on the screws that those haven't moved. Um, you know, maybe check the brightness adjustment, go up and down one, just to see that it, it is adjusting. Um, that That's something that, that, that you need to be aware of. Uh, and then sort of just... Check your magazines. Check the ammunition in your magazines. Um, you know, it, silly things happen, and and it happens that guys suddenly discovered that they're walking around with a mag with five rounds in their fifteen round mag in their gun for whatever reason, which is not ideal. Uh, mags get cuck in them, especially if you carry a, your spare mag loose in a pocket, which everyone says we all say you shouldn't do it, and most people end up throwing a spare mag in the pocket somewhere. Um, Sweetie wrappers, pocket lint, all sorts of crap can get jammed in that mag and it's not going to make it work particularly well. So check that as well. Um, you know, make sure that there's no gunk or anything in that magazine to interfere with its function. Makes sense. Uh, just back to Red Dot for a moment. Mm. I don't know if we covered this during the uh, Red Dot show or not. How many of the ones that you're aware of warn you when the battery's about to go? I know the hollow sun does, um, and it gives you quite a nice early warning because it starts flashing. I know the acro does not, um, and, and it eats batteries. Uh, I'm trying to remember with the delta point. I don't seem to recall it did. I, I could be mistaken there. So The only one that I'm aware of that does it is mm. the hollow sun. So like, that's why I'm asking because I was curious. Um, 
you still don't want to wait for that to start happening, but it, especially on ones where it doesn't like warn you where it just dies, you need to be really vigilant on having that stuff working, especially if uh, you have no alternative way of aiming the gun. Now, come to Red Dot Course T will teach you ways to do that even if you don't have um, backup irons. But if you've never been shown how to do that, you've never practiced to do that, and you don't have backup irons, uh, it would be unideal to be without a uh, a red thing in the dot when you need it, or a green thing, or whatever the color that you release next. <laughs> the, the other thing with that as well is what I would suggest, if, if you've got a... a, a a red dot that requires that you take it off the gun to change the change the battery. And this is going to sound counterintuitive to some people because obviously generally when you have to do that, when you return it, you have to re-zero it. I would be changing the battery slightly more often um, so that I can do it under my own, um, you know, my own timing. I can go, okay, I'm going to re change the battery on this and not have a, oh, shit, the battery failed as, you know, I arrived at my holiday destination. Now I've got to try and find a 1632 or 2032 and replace it and find somewhere to zero or hope it's zeroed or whatever um, and find Loctite and all that sort of crap. So uh, I would I would suggest with that sort of thing, um, you know, you, you do it a little bit more regularly than, than not uh, just to make your life a bit easier. Just head back to mags for a moment. Um, try to not drop your carry mags. Um, try to not abuse them. You can bend feed lips. You can crack uh, magazine bodies. You can break uh, base plates. You can break followers. You can deform. You can break followers. You can deform the uh, the mag tube sufficiently that you can't tell, but that it no longer works. Um, you can also bend it to the point where it's absolutely fucked, and it's 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 obvious because it won't go in the gun and it looks like it's an L shape now, but like, you know, that, that's more obvious. Yeah. You can deform just like 2011s in 40. The dudes will tell you that like, there's, there's whole videos on the internet of dudes hammering these things back into dimension. So they work for a bit. And <laughs> go find them. Atlas Gunworks is a, quite a brilliant one. <laughs> like, all the, like the gun smurfing that needs to happen on those mags is, is spectacular. If you drop them, try not do that with your carry mags. Um, have, preferably range mags, match mags, carry mags. And then if you have mags that have been totally abused, try and retire those into dry fire mags. Make it obvious that those are dry fire mags. Fucking put something on them. I don't know. Do something so that you never end up taking those things somewhere where you don't want to have them. Um, specifically matches and massively more specifically, you don't want to stick them in your carry gun by accident. You take springs out of anything i'm talking about mag specifically now but if you take springs out of anything the old spring goes in the trash yeah immediately cut it in half if you have to and gaz will tell you you need some pretty fucking like you need some impressive muscles and some good tooling in order to cut some of these things but i can do whatever you need to do so that you feel the need to dispose of it and fucking throw it away because you will stick that you will take your uh your five inch recoil spring that you used to run that is now actually not not the five inch. You will take the spring from your defender that you've shot that is now half the length, and then try and run that in your five inch gun at some point because you have a spare spring. So well, the amount the amount of springs where I've ended up having to throw away what I knew were perfectly good springs because I'd hung on to an old spring, and now you don't know which one of these three springs is the worn one and which one of these you know which aren't. Uh, it just yeah it. 
I'll throw them away. Uh, you know, mags, I, I baby my carry mags. Um, I do test them every so often, but I will unload them, or, or especially when I'm shooting a carry ammo, I'll shoot it for carry ammo, or I'll unload them. I'll run a mag or two through them, make sure that they function reliably, make sure that they lock the slide open. If all else fails, one of the easiest things you can do is empty the mag, stick it in the gun, and pull the slide back and see if it locks the slide back. Um, if it locks the slide back, that at least lets you know that there's a, there should be enough spring tension in there to, to function. Um, so, and, and one of those things I see quite often, and it drives me batshit, and it just makes me want to shake the baby until the person dies, um, is when the dude keeps buying new mags for the range, and he's got a pre-crimeable, non-drop-free mag in his gun. Um, you know, he's got a, a Glock mag with the old triangular plus twos that fell off if you looked at them funny. Because, no, it's just a carry mag. It's fine. Um, and then he buys new mags and uses those for, for the range. Um, you, magazines are a massive cause of malfunction. So, so make sure that they're... Uh, they're properly maintained and, and, and think about the little things that, that don't occur to people. You're carrying this thing around. You may or may not be sweating or glistening on it. Um, you know, that, that sweat gets in weird places. It gets into magazines. Um, it gets onto magazine springs and sweat can be really a corrosive. So it's something you want to keep an eye on. Um, you know, don't, don't fall in love with your carry mags. Uh, and, and, and as Corn said, have them marked differently. So like, I'm a big fan with a Glock 17 or something of using, I don't know why I'm holding a, I'll hold this up to the microphone so you can see it better. Um, a, uh, like a G19 X mag um, as a, as a carry mag. Cause it's visually different to the, 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 the range mags. Yep. I, I like being able to tell them apart too. Just so that you don't accidentally end up abusing your carry mag and then you stick that thing back in your gun thinking that it's fine and it might not I mean, maybe it is but it might not be and i don't i'm not willing to take that risk um just something else on magazines uh, we did mention that you can break followers so keep an eye on those check them for cracks and stuff if they're metal followers check them for deformation because that happens um what i want to say with mags is please do not lube them uh, <laughs> That those three drops of the sort of 30 weight motor oil that you stick on the gun should not go in the mag. <laughs> no, no, what you do is when the mag's full, you take your tin of WD 40 and you spray onto the ammo into the mag, don't you? Yes, because it'll feed better because it's yeah, the ammo is now lubricated and that hitch that it has coming out the magazine's gone. It's gone. Um, don't don't gunsmurf your your magazines. So don't like take a file to them to like smooth edges or whatever the fuck you want to do. Don't don't change the angles on any fucking thing. They're like that for fucking reason. Um, and very importantly, everyone come 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 closer, come come closer to your screen or, or your or your speakers. Don't stretch your fucking springs. I don't know. I'm stretching super far. Yeah, stretching in the morning is good for you, apparently. So. It's nothing. I pull up. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I'll just stretch it. So what you're doing is making it weaker. Yep. Well, if you've got to a point that you need to actually stretch it, the, the process of manufacturing a spring left a long time ago. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's now just some coiled wire. <laughs> it's no longer a spring. So. Pretty much. 
throw it the fuck out. Um, if you're replacing springs in mags, uh, make sure that you get, I'm going to say the same spring that came out of there. Um, I don't mean that. I mean, get a, get a direct replacement spring for what came out of there. Um, don't go, gee, this mag is hard to seat. So instead of putting the 24 round spring back in it, I'm going to put the 19 round spring in it. Um, or don't go, well, I couldn't find any of these weird sort of fucking square sort of shaped springs for the Glock mag, so I'll put the 1911 mag spring in it or something stupid to that effect. Um, it won't work. Um, it might look like it works because there's pressure going up, but it won't fucking feed. Don't do that kind of stuff. Um, don't don't manufacture your own at home if you're not qualified to do that. And if you do that, <laughs> make sure that you do that only for your dry fire mags. So. <laughs> <laughs> And there was some blow draft and a and a like Polly's perch out of the parrot cage. Uh, <laughs> um, on your gun, uh, check that the various safeties work. Uh, if it's got a manual safety, make sure that it manually safeties um, and manually off safeties. If you've got a grip safety that's supposed to work, check that it works. If you've got a gun with a firing pin safety, find out you can check that without detail stripping the gun and and affecting your warranty. But uh, find out how to check that your things like your firing pin safeties are working. Um, you know, shooting your carry gun regularly is a useful thing. Um, it's going to give you a fair amount of info. We're not saying shoot fifty thousand rounds a year through it, um, but even if you're a, you spend most of your time shooting a competition gun or, or, or whatever, um, a mag through your carry gun every mag is probably not months. It's probably not going to break the bank, uh, and you probably need the practice. Actually. You need the practice. You need the practice. So I'm having to tell you this. You need the fucking practice. You do need the practice. Um, we, oh, you you were talking about safeties. Um, please don't gunsmith your own safeties unless you are an actual gunsmith that's qualified to work on that particular kind of gun and understand them. Um, I've seen guys do some uh, some home gunsmithing on um, – Grip safeties, which is not the end of the world on 1911s, but then they do grip safety in combination with uh, hammer sear engagement in combination with thumb safety. And what you get is when you put the safety on and you take it off, the hammer visually moves every time. That is a bad situation. Don't fucking do that. Um, if you're not qualified to work on those parts and those guns, don't attempt it. It's not worth the risk. Um, and I, when I say those guns, I don't just mean 1911s. I mean... Any gun, if you're not qualified to do that kind of work, don't do not do it. It's not worth it. You don't understand no. what the fuck you're doing. <clears throat> or not doing, right? And I mean, for the most part, if you're looking at your carry gear and that sort of stuff, you, I know from my side, I want to try and do as little modifications to my guns as possible because the chances of them working good over with a bigger variety of ammunition and being more reliable and in general, being closer to factory spec is better. You know, the further we get away from factory spec, the the more we run into those odd malfunctions that actually very seldom happen with many of the brands that we see. Yep. If you want to play with a gun, get another gun to play with. Yes, exactly. In terms of uh, modifications and cool guy stuff. Yep. If you're if you are doing any of this stuff um, and you're running slightly reduced power springs or, or whatever to make your gun a little bit better for you. Um, obviously test and make sure that, that stuff works. We're not recommending you do that in your carry gear. The testing we're recommending, we're not recommending you make the change in your carry gear. 
But if you do realize that um, lower weight springs will wear out more quickly than heavier weight springs. So if your gun came with a 16-pound spring and you're now running a 7-pound spring in it, not only are you reducing the life of the gun and potentially facing all sorts of issues, you can no longer replace the spring on the 7,500 round um, recommended interval that the manufacturer recommends for their standard spring. Um, you're going to have to do it a lot more frequently. Um, and that's something to be, you know, that's something to be conscious of. You know, recoil springs are a classic one that a fair amount of guys will will change out their recoil spring because, uh, you know, they, um, you know, on competition guns is quite a, a common mod. And you know, where you want to be careful is that you're now not putting a, a super reduced power recoil spring in your gun and then loading it up with plus B plus ammo. Um, besides the wear thing, I'm not that's unlikely to be a massive issue, but you could genuinely have reliability issues with your mag now trying to keep up with your, your slide uh, because your slide velocity is going to be all out of whack. Uh, so be, be careful about messing around with stuff like that. Um, and and yeah, if, if you are going to change anything from your carry gun to racier parts, they're going to require more, more common replacement. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going to put a, a, a reduced power firing pin spring in your gun, or you're going to put a reduced power hammer spring or reduced power recoil spring or whatever, um, that's, as Corn said, going to wear out a lot quicker. And, and the downside of that is, is negative effects on your reliability. So try and try and keep that uh, keep that in mind, and don't don't mess around with them too much. Uh, keep them relatively cleanish. Um, inspect them when you take them apart to lube or clean or whatever. Uh, get get to know what your ejector should look like, what your extractor should look like. Um, there's a lot of things you can do there without detail stripping the gun, uh, but. You know, if you've got a chip on your extractor, me, I'm going to replace that. I'm not going to go, well, I'm sure it was fine and it's been working. Uh, you know, if if ejectors break um, on, on numerous guns, I, I, I don't care what awesome gun you have, um, bits break, bits fail. Uh, replacing them more regularly is, uh, is, is better. Um, and uh, and and just keeping an eye on, on on things costs you a very limited amount of time. Um, something to be aware of, um, and I don't know how common a problem this is, but I I I've seen at least photos of this happening. If you manage to get sweat and, and rainwater or whatever into some parts of your gun, you need to kind of clean that out. Um, and I'm specifically talking about mag latches. Um, I've seen some of that stuff get rusted to the, in photos. I've never seen them in person. But to the point where you can no longer get the mag in or out of the gun because you can't depress the thing because it's it's locked in place. Less likely to happen if you shoot the guns and manipulate the guns regularly, but if you're a dude who stick, stuck a gun in a holster 17 years ago and have not taken the mag out of it since, um, that's more likely to be a problem for you. So be aware of that. And don't be the don't be the person who gets home and takes the gun and the holster off together, puts them down, gets up in the morning, puts the gun and the holster on together. Um, partially because I like to get the free draw and, and, and reholster practice in, but I've I've seen some horrible things happen to guns when they get left in holsters all the time. Especially the absolute worst for this is those the the old Cordura 
sort of gun fucking bag thing, those Kajiri holsters and those old, most of our listeners might be, I don't know if you can still get them, but the old chicken skin suede inside the waistband leather holsters. Um, I don't know if you can get them, but I'm pretty sure that you probably can. (laughs) You know, and what would happen is guys would leave the gun in there, they'd sweat on it, and then the holster would become this sort of pulsating ball of suck and... Um, corrosion that their gun got left in, uh, and I've I've seen that. Doesn't matter what your gun is, that that'll that'll eventually sort of get through it. So don't 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 be that person. Um, it's not your lawnmower, uh, you know. Um, there's the I think it's the, the the Ken Hackathorn quote about if you want to treat your gun like your lawnmower, get yourself a Glock. Um, but even with a, a modern polymer gun, just give it a little bit of a little bit of a once-over from time to time, and you're going to maximize the chances of that thing working better. Exactly. Um, something else on maintenance, um, because I see guys cry about this relatively frequently. Um, it does not fucking matter if you scratch the gun. Um, no one gives a fuck. Uh, wearing the finish off a gun, because you carry and use it, is a fucking cool thing. It is a statement of I fucking use this thing. Um, I know guys are like, yeah, I've bought this Kydex holster because, you know, fuck, I, I needed a Kydex holster. It's the safest thing around these days, whatever. I have to have this thing. But every time I put it in, I take it out, it scratches the finish. So I'm just not going to put the gun in the holster or I'm going to put it in the holster once and it'll never come out again or fucking use it. It's a tool. doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It's a tool. Um, if, if, you, if your carry gun is a freaking 100,000 rand night or custom, if it's a carry gun, it's a tool first and foremost. Um, exactly. You know, that, that tool needs to work. That tool doesn't need to be kept pristine, um, but it does need to be kept reliable. And those are often also not the same thing. Um, you know, I've had guys also do the, I, know I, I don't lube my gun. Um, I keep it totally dry. If I'm going to go shoot it, then I'll lube it. But I carry it dry because, you know, the oiler can attract, attract dust on that. Yeah, it, it can, um, but it'll also attract dust without oil, and it just won't work as well. Uh, it also, some it some finishes, maybe not modern finishes, but I mean, they still use the modern world, but some finishes require oil. If yeah. you have a blued gun and you get it completely fucking dry, that thing will be in blue as rust, but that thing will be rust colored in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Even things... parkerizing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. The parkerizing does a great job of protecting your gun because it soaks in oil, but it has to have oil to soak in. Correct. Not only won't it work if it's dry, but some guns can actually deteriorate because they're dry um, in, in terms of lifespan, right? They'll, they'll actually start pitting and shit. Um, which, again, external finish... Pitting, not great, but not the end of the world. But if you start pitting um, interface surfaces between slide and frame and that kind of stuff, like you're going to have all sorts of fucking issues. So don't do that. And if you really are that precious of the finish, once it's scratched, get it coated. Pit will do you a, not a deal, but Pit will do a good deal on your gun, right? He'll, he'll, he'll do a good work. But understand that's going to scratch as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to carry the thing, it's going to scratch. And one of the nicest things that sort of no one I don't think understands is that 
when you start getting those scratches on the gun, I can guarantee you that if someone else had exactly the same gun and exactly the same holster and carried it in exactly the same position as you, they would not scratch the gun exactly the same as you. Mm. So each scratch that you put on the gun is unique to you. Yep. Yeah, this is my gun. Look at it. Yeah. It's special. It's special. Yeah. Enjoy the scratches. It's it fucked in unique ways because it's yeah. high. Look, Yours I scraped a cock and balls on the top. What? <laughs> I mean that 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 checks out. Um, we spoke about extractors, ejectors, magazines, uh, safeties, mag latches. Uh, Make sure there's no shit built up in your barrel. It sounds silly, where things happen. Um, shouldn't Fiji you plug, in your barrel? Shouldn't you plug the barrel with the same caliber from the front with a hammer? So uh, one one, one caliber down. So well, will one, you use plastic? Oh, okay, I've never heard the plastic one before. That's a cool one. <laughs> so we've discussed all of that stuff um, carry guns T mentioned it earlier but try and make sure that they lock open when empty um, and try and make sure that they don't lock open when not empty um, some guys the, the, the grips and things might cause weird malfunctions on the guns where they lock them open but also sometimes if you have a fucked mag you can get things that lock open at weird times uh, on some guns if you have um, the actual um Slide stop mechanism can get worn to the point where it'll rattle around and it'll occasionally lock the gun open. Um, you probably need to do a fuck ton of weird shit to get that to happen, but it can happen. Um, All details trip your Glock and not know what you're doing when you put it back together. Yeah, that, that'll do it. Um, so, and, and on the lock open, sorry to interrupt there, on the lock open thing, it may not lock open when you shoot. I, I often have guns not lock open when I shoot, but if, if I put an empty mag in and pull the slide back without touching the slide stop, if it doesn't lock open, then there's a good chance that either that follower is worn or that max spring is, is done. Yep. Yeah, that's why I said some stops. guys with the way that they grip guns, the gun won't lock open when they're shooting it. But as T said, if it's a you're not shooting it, you stick in an empty mag, you make sure that your fingers aren't in the way of that latch and you yoink the thing, it should lock back. Um, <clears throat> um, T-Bag, want to talk about rechambering ammo briefly? So something to bear in mind, um, cartridges are for all intents and purposes are designed to be fed into the chamber of your gun once. Um, now, for most of us, it's not realistic to, you know, if we if we unload the gun to clean it or, or, or check it or practice or whatever, to throw that round around away or, or shoot it off. Um, but what you want to do is you want to find a system where you're not regularly loading the same round or two um, all the time, uh, there's a couple of things that can happen. You can you can rip up the extractor room and, and, and make the, the, the round problematic on feeding or ejection. You can you can compress bullets, which will affect feeding and, and, and drive pressure up. Um, you can you can affect the the primer that the gun that the, the primer won't set off. Um, so it, it's a pretty serious thing, and I don't care if you've been doing it for for a hundred years. Um, it doesn't make it clever. Uh, there is no logical reason to unload your gun every day. Um, and if you do, you're going to go through ammo a lot quicker. Uh, but I occasionally get guys who do the whole, I've got children in the house, and um, you're hopefully not leaving the gun lying around where children can access it because never mind legislation, that's just silly. Um, you need to find a system where they can't easily access the gun because if you haven't and you've just unloaded the, the chamber, 
kids are I'm not going to say bright because I think that's a stretch, um, but they're evil and can find ways to to make things um, happen. So I would suggest, and this is a thing that um, I originally stole from Claude Werner, every time you load around in the chamber um, before you mark it in, stack a permanent marker and put a line on the on the on the, the base of the car, of, of the case, um, and once it's got four lines in it. Uh, bottom of the mag, and once that mag's all got four lines in them, shoot it out and replace it. Uh, that I think is a more effective system than replacing your ammo every six months or year or whatever, uh, because you're the, the 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 repetitive loading and unloading. If you're, that's happening more often, those rounds are going to need to be replaced more often. And yes, when you shoot them off, there's a very good chance they're all going to go off. Um, but why do we carry a gun? Not because we shoot people every day, but in case we need it. And why are we taking these precautions? Because we want to reduce the chances of something going wrong. We want to maximize our ability to, to, to have success. Um, so, yes, those original Winchester black talons that your dad bought, that he gave to you, that you've had in the gun so long that all the nickels worn off the cases and all the blacks worn off of the bullets, um, shoot so them off. Just, they're now just talent. Yeah. <laughs> They weren't great back in the day. Um, they've come a long way. Uh, and also they're just old and fucked up. So replace them um, yes ammo stored in a cool dry place will last a really really long time because that's the other argument to get i had a mag of world war ii 38 sw and it went all fine well not a mag it'll be a cylinder but um if it's stored in a cool dry place that's fine if it's carried on you that's going to accelerate wear. Um, so that's something you want to be replacing regularly Back in the day in the States, guys were recommend, you know, some guys were like shooting it out all the, you know, shooting it out every time they shot and that. Guys are doing it a little bit less there now because they're getting to start, they're starting to get to see what how the rest of the world lives when it comes to ammo prices um, and availability. You know, realistically in this country, those, uh, you know, that, that ammo you've bought, um, it, it may be somewhat challenging to replace. Um, so we're not saying just shoot it off for the sake of it. Uh, but there comes a time when it needs to be replaced. And and even if your favorite golden depleted uranium talon of death is not available anymore and all you can buy is 115 grain magtech hollow points, I'd rather have fresh of those. I'd rather have fresh full metal jackets um, than 40-year-old fucking black talons in my gun. Yep. Talking about the uh, this sort of off topic for this discussion, but it, it, popped into my head now when you said that. I was watching an episode on suppressors with uh, the, the Vortex podcast, and they literally got into the thing where this is the only thing in this country, firearms-related, that you buy and then you wait, and then you got the one that you got, and you can't give it back, and you can't swap it out, and you can't, and it's like... That's what fucking gun ownership is like here in its entirety. It's only like suppressors for you guys. Because they're like, our barrels are disposable. Like whatever, you just throw it out, you buy a new one and they'll ship it to your door or your FFL or whatever. It's fine. But like suppressors are like this. No, no, this, the one that you got is the one you got. And if it's fucked, it's fucked. You're in trouble. Like, well, that's what gun ownership is like here. Yeah. So for our American listeners, yeah. Though for us, we can leave. If I want, I could throw my suppressor over the wall, into the road, and just forget about it if I wanted. 
I could hand it to a passing child. <laughs> like, no jokes. I mean, I wouldn't because they're expensive. But a, the suppressors, not the children. I mean, those are also expensive. A child could literally go to a gun shop and buy one. Literally. Uh, but don't have a round of 2 LR if you don't have a 2 LR license. <laughs> yep. Facts. Um, what have we not covered on this thing? Probably lots, but nothing that I can think of. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it. I think we spoke about all the components of this gun. Look at your gun. Have we spoken about all the components on your gun? I spoke about the dot. I spoke about the, the iron sights. I uh, spoke about the holster. I spoke about the magazines. I spoke about the bullets. Uh, it's probably needs a bit of loop. No, it's got loop. Uh, yeah, I think it's working about it. No, it's not a 1911. This one doesn't shake. This one doesn't shake either. This is a good, <laughs> this is a good one. This is a... Yeah. <laughs> is that a good one? Yeah. That was a good one? I was giving it all the shakes, nothing rattled. <laughs> Um, you need to clean this lens, though. I guess something else to mention sort of in passing in terms of EDC gear for the guys who are carrying uh, first aid kits and stuff, make sure that if you use anything from there, you're replacing it. Um, and certain things have expiry dates for a really fucking good reason. Uh, things like uh, clotting agents, you know, uh, quick clot, and like Celox cores and stuff has expiry dates because the compounds that make the clotting happen deteriorate over time. They'll probably still clot, but like I know that we we handled some um, some gauze the other day that was expired, um, that had gone to the point where it was no longer gauze, right? So when you touch it, it turns to powder, like the whole thing just. Um, that's fine if you just move on, on the wound to get the blood to stop, but you still need something to wrap <laughs> afterwards. And um, if that was the thing you were going to wrap it with, it's not going to work. Um, so in case, once you've used them once, uh, their training items from that point forward, unless you use them for realsies, in which case they go in the trash. Um, so if you do use them, place them. Said so if you use it in sort of a play play environment, that's now training one. Don't don't continue to carry it. Replace it with something new. Uh, obviously, buy reputable brands that have been tested. Um, what else do we need to mention there? I think that's. Probably it. Oh, well, not really EDC sort of stuff related, but um, important for the purposes of why we EDC. Make sure the battery in your car is charged. Make sure there's fucking fuel in it. Make sure the tires are pumped up because if you need to go somewhere in a hurry, either to get away from trouble or to get yourself to aid after trouble's happened, um, you can't be fucking around with my car won't start because there's no fuel in it. Um <laughs> And the tire thing includes the spare. It includes the spare. Yeah, because <laughs> that'll fuck up your day. <laughs> what you don't want to do is change the wheels in the car to put a flat spare. <laughs> I sense there's a story there. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we've missed. I think that's about it. Uh, tell us what we missed on uh, Facebook slash backslash slash forward slash slash missionary position slash welcome to the gun show. <laughs> that might actually be the link. <laughs> <laughs>
Give me 10 minutes then, Jack. I'll change it. Gaz, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say your say? Yeah, sure. Uh, so thanks to everyone for their support throughout 2021. We hope that 2022 is going to be a good year for everybody. Uh, if you've got any questions, please feel free to interact with us through the Facebook group. Um, ask questions on there. If you've got any sort of topics that you'd like us to discuss, also send that through to us. Um, otherwise, our shirts are still available on the Boss Ninja website. So if you want to get hold of those shirts, they are nice shirts. Um, and then club membership remains the same. Please like, share, subscribe, and a minimum of five stars. Cheers. Later, losers.